Hey, you're listening to episode 212. Today we're chatting about the stressors that contribute to fertility issues, how toxins can affect your fertility, food sensitivities, and your fertility experiences, and so much more. And if you haven't guessed already, we're chatting about fertility. Lots of juicy things going into today's episode. Our guest today is Sarah Clark from Fab Fertile. She struggled with infertility issues like many of us, had both of her children with donor eggs and years later discovered the root cause of her infertility was a food intolerance and later a gut infection by using a functional health coaching approach that uncovers potential healing opportunities. She works with women to get them pregnant and have their babies, which is never a bad thing if you want all the babies. (laughs) If you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash content contact and just ask me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes, including uh, checking out all the links for today's episode by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Once you get to that page, look for episode 212. I've included links for silicone menstrual cups, the skin deep database, uh, the fertility group study, natural podcasts that we chatted about, the get pregnant naturally podcast and a bunch of other things. Oh, yikes. Before Sarah gets the show and tells you all the steps to heal your body through your experience of fertility issues, head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash shop. Today is the last day to get 40% off all of my love inspiring programs, including my whole keto program. You can use the code cyberlove. That's cyberlove at healthfulpursuit.com slash shop. Get 40% off all of my workshops, including my whole keto 21 day program. 40% off guys. This is crazy. If you're unsure of the links, go to ketodietpodcast.com. It'll be all there under episode 212. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Thanks so much for listening, and let's get started with the show. Hey, everyone, and thanks, Leanne, for having me on the podcast. Excited to be here. And uh, yeah, so I'm Sarah Clark, and I'll just uh, share about my journey a little bit. So um, how I came to actually to the work of being a fertility coach, uh, infertility conqueror, is uh, so I had my own journey with infertility. And I always joked in my early 20s that I was having menopausal hot flashes. I remember um, being in HR at the time, I'd be fanning my face and kind of joking, oh, menopausal hot flash, hee hee hee. Well, it uh, turns out that's what it was. So for me, the time I had irregular periods and by irregular periods, I was getting the period a couple times a year. I had acne all of a sudden in my early, t- in my teens, I had great skin. And then in my early 20s, I started getting acne on my chin. And then I had this weird fungal rash on my chest. And then I had yeast infections. So the first recommendation when you've got acne in a regular period is to go on the pill. So I was given the pill, which is not the best recommendation, a Band-Aid solution. Um, went on the pill and I had this life plan of being getting married at 25 and having my kids at 28. So went ahead and got married at 25 and then at the age of 28 at the age of 28 decided I wanted to um, start preparing for, for children so went off the pill um, the acne never really improved when I was on the pill I would say the periods did but that was um, there was a fake bleed but I went off and my cycles were still irregular so they're still coming you know a couple times a year 
So I went off there, went to see my OBGYN, and I was told that I had premature ovarian failure, which is a loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40. And the only way that I'd ever have children is by using donor eggs. So I remember her reaching up on her shelf, giving me the IVF brochure, and I was in complete shock. I'm like, I don't know what the heck just even happened here. How could this happen at 28? But because I'm a person of action, I took the, the brochure. Again, I, I was still in shock and I didn't take any time to connect any of those symptoms. But off we went, talked to my husband, and off we went to the fertility clinic. And so basically back then, they were, uh, for donor eggs, the profile was coming in the mailbox. Um, this is almost 18 years ago. And I said donor egg to people and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. So we went on a list for a donor. And the, the, as I say, the profile came in the mailbox. So we uh, waited for the profile. They didn't have pictures at that time. Now, when you, when you look for donors, there's pictures typically of them as a, as a donor, as a child. They also can have them as an adult. But for us, it was just in the mailbox. It had the maternal and the paternal history, uh, medical history, and some physical characteristics as well. And so we selected a donor that we felt right. I'm like super tall, six foot. So for me, height was a big thing. So I found someone somewhat tall, uh, obviously not six foot, but, um, and then, so for, for us, we got the, we, we, we got that. And this was, um, back when, so we were doing it actually, it was it, the, the donor, it was, she had male factor infertility and in return for us paying for her medication and her treatment, she would then donate half her eggs to me. This service is no longer available. They, they stopped doing this in 2004 in Canada. But so anyways, we, we, um, had, eggs from her. And we were lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter, Ava, and Ava's almost 18. So this is, as I say, years and years ago when, you know, now because of all the IVFs that are they're happening, we've got egg donation and uh, embryo, sorry, embryo adoption and embryo donation. Um, I had someone on my podcast and she just had a little baby and it's from an embryo it's been sitting there for 13 years. And so the, the natural siblings for her little baby, who's she's just, she's just turned two, the, the natural siblings, uh, siblings are 13 years old. So science is amazing. And what it can do is, is crazy. So, you know, I was lucky enough. We were lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter. And then I had two embryos left over, uh, wanting to have our kids close together. So went back in again and Unfortunately, I was stressed. I was in this like mission to have them close together and that didn't work. So then went on a separate list for a separate donor egg. And then we were lucky enough on the first fresh transfer of that donor to have our son and Will's 15. So again, many, many years ago. And then just fast forward. Uh, so the first year after I had my daughter, I had nine colds. Every cold went into a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every cold. Not a great idea. I just completely destroyed all my gut flora. And so, and then I also had uh, chronic bladder infections, was taking every kind of antibiotic, became allergic to all the antibiotics. At one point I thought I had fleas, but it was the highest from the antibiotics. So I had chronic sinusitis, chronic bladder infections, and I also had yeast infections. Then them became chronic. I had dandruff, I had vertigo, I had, I had toenail infections. Basically my immune system was low, but I was still doing my thing, still in corporate HR. And I wanted to, and I decided at that point to really bring life coaching into the corporate environment. So I took a life coaching course. And then that's when I had my own personal wake up call, decided I really wanted to go into health and wellness, took a health coaching course. And that's when I discovered I had these food sensitivities. So for me at the time, I took out dairy and gluten, 
took those out of my system, and then I found that the the sinusitis started to improve, the bladder infection started to improve, the yeast infections. Later, I took out corn. Then a few years later after that, I then did a, a stool test, got tested for, um, found that there was some gut infections going on, so H. pylori and streptococcus and fungal infections, so dealt with those. And really, so my message is if, if you're still cycling naturally, there's things we can do using a functional approach, using functional medicine, functional nutrition, use, using a functional approach to dig into, well, why is it happening in the first place? And for me, you know, I didn't discover any of this until I was 40. I was fully in menopause. It was too late for me. But for you, there's, there's, there's things we can do. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. Get a healthy dose of fat with F-Bomb Nut Butter Packets filled with high-quality fats. Each single-serve packet is keto-friendly, no-sugar, non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, peanut-free, and vegan. And they won't blow up in your purse like the other packets that we've all tried. Just pure fats in an easy-tear packet. Listeners of the podcast get this exclusive epic deal that you won't want to miss. Buy any two 10-packs of F-Bomb Nut Butter Packets and get a free 10-pack of F-Bomb premium oil of your choice. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash F-Bomb and use the code LeanneFree, that's L-E-A-N-N-E-F-R-E-E, all in caps, no spaces, to choose two nut butters, then get a free 10-pack of oil. Choose from MCT, olive, avocado, coconut, or macadamia nut oil. You'll love the convenience of taking healthful oils with you on the go. No more inflammatory oils on your takeout salads or warm meals. Just rip into one of the oil packets and away you go. Again, that's healthfulpursuit.com slash F-bomb and use the code LeanneFree. So I just kind of wanted to dig into our approach and how and how we really work with couples that are struggling with infertility. And so first there's some, so I'll just talk about some of the stressors on the body. So first of all, stressor will be a food sensitivity and I'll, I'll go into that a little bit. Food sensitivity, a gut infection. So I had both of those. Environmental toxins. When I look back, actually, I, I lived in this house, a cedar house in the woods. It was always being, there was always a, an, uh, an ant infestation. So it was constantly being sprayed. So I, and my, 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 my dog passed away at 10 of cancer. I have infertility. My brother has blood cancer. Was the fact that we, you know, inhaled all those toxins when we were young, like over and over again, spraying in the house. I don't know. I also have the MTHFR genes, maybe my ability to, to methylate toxins is impaired. So those environmental toxins are huge. So that's another stressor. So looking at your personal care, your cleaning chemicals, your, the air you're breathing, your plastics, and your, your water. So the, the environmental um, toxins are a stressor. And then also looking at the mental emotional side of things. Most people in the inf- infertility space or that are on the fertility journey, I think, understand the fact of the, the mental emotional side of it as being a stressor. And sometimes it's being honest about there's a lot of triggers and we'll talk about that a little bit later too, but a lot of triggers going on when you are on the fertility journey. So getting really honest about that, I didn't have anyone to talk to really about this. No one really understood what I was going through backwards when I when I experienced infertility and had donor eggs. So um, now things have changed and there's there's more support. Uh, I was just on these random little little um, 
uh, forums trying to figure out, you know, what is POF and what the heck's going on. And then the last one is structural stress. If you got a something out of alignment or uh, pinched nerves, so that could be causing stress in the body. So those are the stressors, the, the gut infection, the food sensitivity, the environmental toxins, the mental, emotional, and the structural. So we start, so with the, the diet piece, a lot of people that come to me, they, so everyone gets kind of myopically focused on the infertility diagnosis and whether it be diminished ovarian reserve, you know, low AMH, uh, anti-mullerian ho- uh, hormone, um, high FSH, or uh, unexplained infertility, fibroids, PCOS, whatever it may be, they're, they're hyper-focused on the diagnosis and haven't really looked at the whole body. So everyone that comes to me would say, I'd say the majority of tell me they do not have a food sensitivity. And when we dig into this, I'd say the majority of them do. So we start out by doing a uh, elimination diet. And um, so that's taking out the top allergens, which are dairy, gluten, soy, corn, peanuts, and eggs, have them take those out for 10 days. And we have actually both partners do this. So um, beginning, I was just coaching women and really having both partners doing this, even though we're just de- we're dealing with female factor infertility, it's really important to have the, the partner every time we would, you know, if the partner was missed, it was, even though he's saying his sperm is fine, everything's great. There's always things we can do to optimize his preconception health. And we do a blood chemistry review, not to diagnose, but to educate, but really to, to dig in further, you know, what has been missed. And sometimes we are finding infections even gut infections like H. pylori being passed back and forth. So we have both partners do the elimination diet. You can do anything for for 10 days. So taking out those top allergens and then systematically reintroducing them and seeing exactly how they, they impact your body. So we've had people bring back in corn. It can flare up their asthma. Bring back in dairy, it can make you feel phlegmy, bring back in gluten, it could, you know, it could, it could mess with your digestion. So it's different for everyone. We had people, it's just different. So, so it's really important. I think really anyone and everyone should do an elimination diet to see how food impacts their body because you, sometimes you just never really connect the dots. So that's the, the, the diet piece of it. And then we also do a, so we dig into this further with, with functional testing. So we'll tweak it with, um, we use a LEAP MRT test. So that looks at 200 foods plus foods and chemicals. So foods in the yellow would keep up for 60 days. Foods in the red, we keep up for 90 days. So just tweaking that further. And there's no real perfect food sensitivity test. A lot of times people with infertility, they're, it doesn't really matter how old they are. They're past the point when they want to have their baby. So to be able to figure this out quickly, the food sensitivity test allows us to, to tweak it if, you, if you've been on hormonal birth control, which a lot of people that I speak to have been, so they've been, um, and typically when I ask them why they were, they're, they're, they were on it, they were put on it because of they had irregular cycles, they had heavy cycles, they had you know, really bad PMS, uh, cramps, whatever it may, it may be. There's a reason, a medical reason as to why they were put on the pill, acne, and then maybe they were given Accutane, things like that. But, and so that can then predispose you to these food sensitivities and gut infections impacting your your gut health. And sometimes when you get the food sensitivity test back, you might have a whole bunch of foods on there that are going to light up and, and say that you're intolerant to it, especially if, it, if, it, if it's all your favorite foods, it can be an indicator of a leaky gut. So digging into that further and just because you're intolerant to it now doesn't mean you can't bring it back in later. If it's a really high red food, we recommend keeping it out for a longer period of time. So we do the elimination diet and then we tweak it with the food sensitivity test, either the leap MRT. We can do, there's some wheat zoomer and dairy zoomer um, that we can do with, that, with, an, with an IgG as well. So those are some different options depending on where you are in the world. The leap MRT typically is just available in the US right now. Uh, other parts we're looking at the, at the IgG option. So, and these tests are all shipped world, worldwide. That's how we, we do it. 
So that's the food sensitivity part of this. Again, most people come to us wouldn't even think there's a food sensitivity. Obviously with keto, I think people here know the power of food and really how how that can really impact you. I think with the keto part of it is just looking into the to the, the, the dairy piece. And if you're saying I can't give up the, the dairy, that's something to potentially dig into. So that's one of us, a top allergen, especially if there is an intolerance with gluten. A lot of times we're seeing the, it's the casein and then the dairy, so the protein and milk there that's giving people an issue. So to dig into that by doing the, the elimination diet. And then so that, yeah, with the, the keto part of it is to, to look at the dairy side of things, just kind of dig into a few, few more of the food things around here from a keto side, side of things where I think they, people may go wrong. I guess it's the calorie, calorie restriction. So going too low calories for too long, this is not recommended. If you're trying to conceive, you can do a couple, you can still stay keto, but a couple of days a week add additional carbs. Uh, so your blood sugar is not impacted. Obviously processed foods are like lazy keto as they call it. Like bars can be a good entry level thing, but making sure you're not doing a whole bunch of processed foods, that's not recommended. Kind of back to that Michael um, uh, Palin saying that, if your great grandmother says, "What is that? Don't eat it. Um, eat the periphery of the grocery store." Also, the poor quality fats like canola oil or hydrogenated oils. You don't want to do that. You want to do the the animal fats, the beef, towel, lard, coconut oil, avocado oil. So, making sure you're having really good quality fats. Fats are super crucial for hormones. Really, how the a lot of times we'll see people doing doing a too a too low fat diet. So, looking at fats, and then the other thing with keto is the sugar alternatives. So it could be a good transition to use like the Swerve sweetener, um, but the sugar um, alcohol may not be, it's not really healthy for the body. So that erythritol, but in the beginning it might be good. And then as you start to start to transition out and then having more of the natural sweeteners. So I think people potentially could with the keto side of things be caught up in too many sugar alternatives. So that's kind of what we're seeing. And then also the intermittent fa fasting wouldn't be recommended because we talk about stressors that can be a stressor on the body. So definitely with the keto digging into the dairy piece is key. And we see a lot of people, especially if there's estrogen dominance to dig into the, to the dairy and intolerance and really do the elimination diet, take it out and do a food sensitivity test to tweak it further. So that's where we'd, we'd go on the diet piece. It's foundational to all of this. And I see a lot of people, they've done a lot of work, work with other practitioners, a lot of work, but the diet piece really has not been honed in. And we also see a lot of people that are very, um, have a high gluten sensitivity. Um, either they're coming in, they have undiagnosed celiac disease, a lot, a lot of false positives from the, the conventional celiac tests. So it tests for over is over 75 uh, proteins in wheat and it's only testing for one and then the wheat zoomer can dig in further it looks at 26 proteins in wheat so it can it can still dig in further but a lot of the times we will look at the actually the stool test the uh, gi map test and the anti-gliadin and if that's high then we're going to actually recommend a gluten-free home because even if your partner is going out having a beer or having a having a, some bread and comes back and kisses you and it's on your lips and you're you know, highly intolerant to gluten that can cause a reaction and it could last for um, days, weeks, months. So to, we do see this quite regularly with people with the, the non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And this is what I have. So don't have celiac, but I have that. And for me, um, the gluten just does not make me feel good. So again, a stressor on the body of food sensitivity. So to really dig into that piece is, is crucial. And if all this is just too much, I would, I would say for both couples at a minimum to go dairy and gluten-free 
and all organic for 90 days. And if you're not pregnant, then dig into all the testing. So that's where I, I'd go on the recommendations for the food. So that's the food piece. And then as far as the functional testing, we also do a Dutch test, looks at your hormones using urine, so your sex hormones, your melatonin, your, your cortisol. We see um, lots of issues with people, a lot of people actually with like, like flat levels of cortisol that like in a kind of a burnout mode, especially if they've been doing multiple IUIs or IVFs and failed cycles and a lot of stress with, you know, on this journey, infertility can impact all aspects of your life. So we see that quite, quite regularly. And also we see sometimes people have a diagnosis like premature ovarian failure or low AMH or diminished ovarian reserve, and then their, their hormones come back and actually their estrogen is fine. It's not the case for everyone, but the Dutch test will really give us a good, a good clue as to what's going on with your hormones and which pathways they're going down. So it's looking at your hormones using urine. So we use that. And then the last test we are the, the third test we use is the GI map test, which I talked about. I'd say the majority of people that come to us, no one thinks that they have a gut infection. I'm going to tell you the majority of people that we work with, they all do have a gut infection. So and this was the case for me. And as I healed my gut, even though I was doing the, you know, that nice healthy diet, taking out those inflammatory foods, there was still some other lingering issues for me that weren't clearing up. And when I started working on the gut health and never some perfect perfect, healthy me, but um, it's a continual process, but really the, the, the gut health was key. So we see people with multiple parasites, multiple bacterial infections, fungal infections, H. pylori being, being spread back and forth to um, a couple. So we see this on a regular basis. So then we will develop a customized program. So part of my team, I work with a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She's the one that's going to run these tests and then develop a customized uh, protocol. So and it, so it's basically between taking a low and slow approach using targeted supplements based on, based on these tests and then allow, allowing the, bo- the body to heal, re- reducing inflammation. And so, again, back to those stressors, you have the, the food sensitivities, the stressor, the gut infection. And then the last test we do is the hair tissue mineral analysis test. Uh, looks at your, your mineral status. Minerals are the spark plugs of the body. Sometimes you can eat these beautiful, healthy foods, but maybe your body's not absorbing them. So we would then, it could be tweaked with some, some additional supplements potentially, or even just with diet. So that's, so those are the tests, the food sensitivity, the, the, the hormone, there's the Dutch test, the uh, GI map test, which is stool test, and then the hair tissue mineral analysis test. And that's the test we do. And then we develop that customized protocol looking at your, your environmental toxins. So that's another piece of this, especially for women looking at your feminine hygiene. So switching, switching out those conventional tampons and pads and moving over to a, either a diva cup or uh, an organic pad or tampon. A lot of these conventional ones are sprayed with uh, glyphosate, which is a herbicide linked to infertility and a whole sorts of other diseases. And you're putting it in your most intimate area, your vagina. So looking at switching those over, we have people do that right away. And then going to the Skin Deep database and the uh, ewg.org, you can go to the Skin Deep database and then you can actually look at your current products and see what the rating is. You want the rating between one to three is the best and see what your rating is and see how toxic it is. It's not about throwing everything out because I find a lot of people can get like stuck in the weeds here and get really like get obsessed with the products and throwing things out and spending a lot of money. It's not about that. It's like when each product finishes, then you buy an alternative that is lower on the Skin Deep database and and just checking that first, because even it could be, be greenwashing, so it could be saying it's organic and natural, and those are just buzz, you know, marketing words. So you can you can dig into that further. So really looking at your personal care, 
make, uh, making the switch, looking at your, and say your, your, you know, your feminine hygiene, looking at your cleaning products again, as, as each one finishes, uh, switch to a, a, um, a natural um, alternative, looking at the uh, ewg.org. You can check your, your cleaning products there. Looking at your water, so our water can be filled with uh, chlorine, fluoride, birth control, pill residue. So looking at a water filter at a minimum, looking at a, a Brita, it, it's not the best. It doesn't take out everything, but it's better than tap water, which I used to drink for years. So um, looking at a Brita, I like the Berkey. That's my favorite one. And the water just tastes heavenly and it's it's just beautiful. Anyways, it's, it, it's, it takes out all those top contaminants. And then another one that we talk about too is having a water a filter on your shower because you can be in the shower have this nice, nice warm shower, but then all the vapors from the toxins that are in the water, you're inhaling all those. So getting a water filter on your shower, a shower filter, and Berkey has a good one, or you could, you could just check one on Amazon, but making sure that it's, it's going to filter out those, those top contaminants. That's a good one to look at. And then also your plastics, making sure for fertility, it's important to have enough water. We see this regularly that people are going to the bathroom only peeing like once a day. That was me. You want to be having, you know, your eight glasses of water. I think we all know that, but to really make a concerted effort for this, because it's really important to stay hydrated. It's important for your cervical mucus, which is, which is how the, the um, sperm will get to the egg. So um, selecting a, a filtered um, water and then having drinking it out of a glass or stainless steel bottle, getting rid of the plastics and um, making the, the switch over again, not all at once. That's stressful, but as things move on, you can start moving to glass to glass containers. So that's the environmental toxin side of things. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality, health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice and free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to quality protein sources less expensive and more available to everyone. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox for years and love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it, and their ground sausage is an absolute dream. ButcherBox has put together a super special deal for all listeners of the show. Order your first box and get a special gift plus an additional $20 off. Now, this special gift is so epic that I can't even mention it on the episode today. So you'll have to go to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get your $20 off your very first order. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get $20 off your first order. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Then another stressor we have is the mental emotional side of this. So this is really key when dealing with infertility on the fertility journey. It's it's the the fertility diet and infertility diagnosis is likened to a, a cancer diagnosis. It impacts all aspects of your life, impacts your relationships, your your how you socialize, your work, your finances, because this stuff is expensive. So it's really important to get support with that. And just a, a, a step here, actually, and I think right now, like like myself, when I got that diagnosis, 
didn't get a second opinion, didn't dig deeper to see about all those different health issues I had as to why it was going on. And I went straight to the fertility clinic. Now I'm one of the fortunate ones that it worked, but I see people that they've gone through multiple failed IUIs, multiple failed IVFs. They've spent tens of thousands of dollars and it takes an average cycle for an IVF to, is an average cycle takes three, an average successful cycle will take three cycles for success at a cost of $60,000. So to me, you know, the fertility side of industry, it's, it's big business and obviously they're, they're, they're helping a lot of people, but why is that the first step? So to me, in, in the functional approach, you've got that, that healing round table, which is popularized by, by Dr. Oz, where you have, you're in the center, but you have your RE, your OBGYN, your fertility coach, your functional nutritionist, your um, masseuse, your chiro, your acupuncturist, not all at once, these people, but they're all there and you assemble your team and a lot of times we just go straight to the RE and really the RE is part of your team, but they may not know about the functional side of things. So they're miss, missing, missing stuff. So the first step, to the, the last step is, is IVF. Let's figure out, well, why is it not working? And then really focusing on your preconception health. Because if you've got something going on, this is going to impact the health of your children. Both my kids have food sensitivities because I didn't figure any of this stuff out. Um, my postpartum uh, health was was not good. I've since read about postpartum rage. I wasn't like completely raging, but I definitely was cranky, irritable, and not happy and didn't think, I just thought that was my personality, but it turns out, no, that's not it. There was other uh, stressors going on in my body and that's was you know, causing me to have my postpartum period. It was not fun. So looking at all these things beforehand our, our program is six months but really it's like looking at a minimum of it takes 90 days for the egg to renew itself the life cycle of the sperm is 70 to 80 days so taking a minimum of three months and i interviewed dr ben lynch on the podcast and he talked about well why why do we have we plan like our wedding like 12 to 18 months we are planning our wedding and then on the first month we want to get pregnant so why don't we you know swap, uh, swap that around and and plan for our baby at least 12 to 18 months and really get our, get both, you know, ourself and our partner in like awesome health. This is affecting our children, our children's children. You know, we're in the middle of a, a huge food experiment with glyphosate and, you know, herbicides being, being sprayed in our food and all sorts of other things, in, you know, impacting us. And it's just to, to look at things differently. And the fertility clinic will be there for you. But to me, it's a last step. It's very costly. Obviously, a functional approach is an investment, but it's, it's looking at that as the last step. And so just back to the mental, emotional, emotional side of things. So really, there's a lot of triggers for people that are trying to get pregnant, be it looking at pregnant bellies, looking at um, can cause is, can cause stress, getting um, friends that are, you know, getting, getting pregnant, the, those baby announcements, and really getting honest with your, your close circle if you're able to uh, tell a few people. And some people haven't even told anyone they're struggling with it because there's still some shame and stigma around this. And so being able to explain to people how you want them to handle if there is an announcement or a baby shower or something like that, how you want them to handle it. And sometimes people will not tell you and that makes you feel worse or they will tell you and you're blindsided. So to say, you know what, I want you to leave a message or send me an email. I want you to come in personally and tell me or, or you know, right now I'm so happy for you, but I can't attend the baby shower because it's, it's too much for me. So like these, these things are real and getting honest about those, those um, triggers and those negative thought patterns is, is key uh, Alice Domar, she's a pioneer of mind-body fertility. She's a Harvard researcher and run mind-body uh, mind fertility groups for years and really found that 
women. So this is a group that a group that she'll she'll run, and um, going through the the principles of mind body. So meditation, mindfulness, fertility, yoga, looking at uh, looking at negative thought patterns. These are these are all key. And then six months, fifty five percent of people women became pregnant uh, by by participating in one of these these mind body fertility groups. And then two years, ninety five percent became a mother somehow. So. There's, this is rooted in science, the, the mindfulness uh, approach. So really dig, digging into this and getting honest about, your, your, honest about what you're going through, being able to set some boundaries around this, reaching out for support is key, and telling a few people of how they want, how you want them to handle um, specific announcements or what, whatever it may be, how you want things to be handled on, you know, on, on your terms. And that can be very empowering. Also looking at fertility yoga, that can be really good if you know, meditating is not for you or sitting still. You're like, oh, I can't do that. And also many people, when they're dealing with infertility, they may have, they may feel like their body is broken or they may feel like a failure because, you know, cycle after cycle, it's not working. And really the fertility yoga can help to feel empowered that your, your body is powerful. And also it helps to oxygenate the reproductive organs. So there's really good, some good poses for that. So legs up the wall, which is, which is a good one. But, but the, the stress piece of this cannot, cannot be uh, minimized and really to get, become aware of your triggers, what's happening in your body, and really getting some support on this. And if you're, some people will feel on a very, especially if they had a diagnosis, like a traumatic one, like the one I had. And I, looking back, I just, I didn't take any time to grieve or deal with this. And, but my, how I deal with things though, is I go into action and that's just how I deal with other people will take, you know, months to be able to even have, have, you know, to have some sort of action after a diagnosis like that saying it's, you know, donor eggs. And we've helped couples that have been told that, you know, they have a low, an, an AMH of very low AMH 0.09 and being told that donor eggs are their only option. They have multiple failed cycles uh, of IVF and IUI and then making some of these foundational changes we, I just discussed, finding that some people, this, this particular one I'm talking about, she had undiagnosed celiac disease and she also had multiple gut infections and, and ended up uh, getting pregnant naturally within four months. So this stuff is um, thinking a functional approach. It's key to kind of dig into the root cause. And if you're still cycling naturally, there's, there's things we can do. So again, not being stuck on that fertility diagnosis and digging in further. And the food is key. The gut infections are, are key. And then looking, looking at those stressors and really digging into the, the, the mental, emotional side of this that can be um, very impactful for people to have support. And again, if you're in a very dark place, a ther therapy may be an option for you. So definitely it's, it's brave to reach out to someone. So if, if you're feeling that all these things, I've just given you like a fire hose of information, and you're like, you're kidding me, I can't do any of this. And if you've had all these failed cycles, to me, I would start, for, the first place I would start is with mindfulness and really building your resilience again and seeing how you can kind of get to that, that coping place. But if you've just been diagnosed and maybe you've had one, one failed IVF or IUI, you may feel a little stronger to be able to make some of these changes. So just really listen to what feels right for you and really listen to your body. It's a quote from Dr. Mark Hyman, your, your, your um, body will whisper to you and when you ignore the signals, it'll start shouting at the form of disease. So really dig into that piece as to what your body is telling you. The food piece, you can start to really figure out how that impacts your body and then stressors. Like that was a huge one for me where 
I was, I had the food thing all dialed in, but the stress I keep, I was excited about a whole bunch of things, kept saying yes to everything. And then it would be like, why am I feeling burnt out here? What's going on? So you need to really say, even though you may want to say yes to things to practice saying no. And um, that, that can be really uh, impactful. So thanks for having me on the podcast here. I'm excited to, to share this information, sort of a, a functional approach to looking at fertility. And if you're doing keto, you're, you're well on your way to figuring out the, the diet side of it. And it might just be tweaking this a little bit further, but definitely including your partner. This is key. This is not just women doing this by themselves. Like it's always women that reach out to me, but it takes two to have a baby and to really um, grab your partner with this and really and it also just a little thing on that, actually, your, you and your partner may handle infertility differently. So he may be seemingly, you know, may not be able to, he, he may seem like he's not struggling or seem like he's not suffering, but he, just because he's not like you setting up an Instagram profile or, or going on a Facebook groups and, and, and chat groups, typically, you know, stereotypically men aren't, aren't doing that. It doesn't mean he's not equally hurting. So to really, for him to give voice to how he's dealing with this and really doing this together can be really helpful for, for a couple. So um, excited to, to be on the podcast. Thank you, Leanne, for having me. Definitely go check out my podcast. It's called Get Pregnant Naturally. I interview experts in the functional space as well as natural fertility, um, mind, body, and really talk about all this approach. And uh, that's on iTunes and Spotify. So Get Pregnant Naturally. I also have a three-day fertility diet challenge. You can go to uh, Fertility Diet Freebie. So Fertility Diet Freebie, F-R-E-E-B-I-E. And you can uh, start cooking with your partner, taking out those inflammatory foods and just tweaking it a little further, especially if, if with keto, if you're doing dairy, dig into the, to, to the dairy piece. And thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks so much to Sarah for taking over the show. That was a really good one. I hope that if you're struggling with fertility issues, you're feeling inspired and ready to move forward. Next up on the podcast, we have on Wednesday, December 11th, episode 213. I'm chatting about exercise and eating for normal keto people, aka not athletes, people that just go to the gym to do stuff for 30 minutes. Uh, and then Sunday, December 15th, episode 214, I'm chatting about bloating and constipation on keto, one of my favorite topics, not pooing. <laughs> so I'm very excited to hang out with you then and I will see you soon. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.